Hello and welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Cole Spivak, and this is episode 13. Today, I want to give a warm welcome to the newest Digital Hub team member, Alice Arafin. Hi, I'm Alice Arafin. We'll talk about work, we'll talk about life, and of course, her two adorable dogs. Let's get to it. Can you give me a sort of too long didn't read of your life so far? Oh man, it's so hard to like summarize everything. Um, are we talking from like a career perspective or like a personal perspective? Or maybe- sure, let's talk about the career perspective first. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so I come from an editorial background. Uh, I used to write blog articles and magazine articles, and I also worked on textbooks and trade books. So like um, usually nonfiction books. Uh, and I did some time. Ta- I worked for a bit at Penguin Random House. So I did work on some fiction there. Fun fact, the editor that I was assisting is actually Margaret Atwood's editor. So, yeah, that's my little claim to fame. I once mailed her some, like I got to uh, write her address on something and mail it to her. So I know where Margaret Atwood lives. Uh, My specialty when it came to editorial writing was travel. Uh, I wrote for Enroute. I've written on like every subject imaginable, imaginable, honestly, and like edited content from educational content for English textbooks in South Korea, which I worked for an educational publisher there for two years in Seoul, um, to writing fun travel pieces for Air Canada's in-flight magazine, Enroute. Uh, I also had a personal travel blog and yeah, so I lived abroad for eight years after I finished my undergrad at U of T and then I got into publishing. I just, I didn't expect that's the career path that I would get into, but um, when I returned to Canada, I studied publishing at Simon Fraser University in Vancouver. So I have a master's of publishing, which like no one's heard of because it's the only program like that of its kind in Canada. Um, But yeah, so I learned editing and publication design, a lot of tech in terms of um, digital content and marketing. And yeah, that's led me here to UX writing and editing. Um, Yeah, it's just a new challenge. I love trying new things. So I did a little bit of it at my past job at Purelater. Um, Yeah, I'm really excited to start this new chapter in my career now. Uh, Where did you go when you lived abroad for eight years? So first I taught English in China. Um, Then I just like did a bunch of traveling. I would basically work for a year, a few months or a year, and then I would spend all my savings um, traveling around the world. So, um, yeah. So first I worked in China for six months teaching English in Qingdao, which is a small city that almost no one um, unless you live in China has heard of. But if you've heard of the beer, the Chinese beer, um, that's where it's brewed. So, um, and then I traveled around Africa. Then I moved to Buenos Aires in Argentina for like six months and I taught English there. And then I moved to Seoul, South Korea to work for an English textbook publisher for two years. 
then I traveled around like all of South America. And then I moved to Stockholm, Sweden, to where I started a master's program. Um, but I, I decided to transfer out of it and come back to Canada to SFU. Yeah. You're really well traveled. Yeah, I, I love traveling. It's like always been my passion. I started traveling when I was like five years old. So my parents, yeah, it's all like about I love just like independent adventure traveling. So cultural traveling, backpacking. I definitely have stayed in so many hostels and <laughs> camped in a lot of places. So this was definitely not luxury travel. Um, but yeah, I love it. Although after a while, you just, I, I at least felt like I wanted to settle down um, and then just focus on my career a bit because I kind of fell behind um, from just like work teaching English and traveling around. And um, so, yeah, I'm really excited now to be in Toronto and just travel, you know, when I have time and have... <laughs> I said have bigger budgets, even though I have less time, because um, I'm like now I'm at an age where I'm I don't know if I can rough it at a hostel anymore. Traveling in that sort of uh, you know one person adventure style is really the best way to get a sense of where you are and to really absorb the culture. Yeah, for sure, and it just teaches you so much about yourself and how much you can do, um, just being independent and being able to handle situations that would, you never come upon, like that would never happen to you at home. Um, yeah, I really highly recommend it. Like, are you from Canada originally or? Yeah. Um, I was born in Poland, but I moved to Canada when I was four to Montreal. And then I moved to Toronto. I, I grew up in Etobicoke, um, since the age of five so yeah, Canada is definitely home, although I'm really close to my, my Polish roots are very strong. Um, I'm bilingual. I speak Polish. I'm really close with my family in Poland. I spend a lot of time in Poland. Um, but I definitely feel like I'm Canadian. Canada's home. Um, I also, I returned to Canada because I met my husband traveling, but he's from BC. So we decided to settle in Canada and yeah, I mean, I love Canada. It's such a great place to live. It really is. Yeah. One of the things about Canada is it's just like, it's so wide and there's such a difference in, um, you know, how the land is. You got mountains in the, in the West, you have prairies and then, you know, where we are in the shield, it's completely different from any of those places. Right. And even out East, we've got islands and all that kind of stuff. And I think as somebody who is well-traveled, such as yourself, you know, there's there's a bit of everywhere you've been in Canada's ge uh, geology, right, in a sense. Yeah, and also culture, um, like living in Toronto in such a multicultural city, like it really helped me understand different parts of our society a lot more, to be honest. I mean, I'm also a first generation immigrant, but yeah, I mean, you can get like even just when it comes to food, like I've tried so many different kinds of food around the world and I can get it in Toronto. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I've even been able to use my language skills in Toronto. Um, 
just basic language skills, just like people speaking Spanish and being able to say a few things in Spanish to them. Or like there was this convenience store that I used to live by where I figured out from just hearing the people who work there talk that they were Korean. So I would speak to them in Korean. And yeah, like even that, like Toronto is just so cool like that. I'm very happy that you brought up food. <laughs> What's your culinary preference? Do you have any dish or uh, maybe nationality of dishes like Chinese food, Japanese food, Korean food, uh, Argentinian food? I mean, I like so many different types of cuisine. Um, I know it sounds kind of stereotypical, but I love Thai food. Um but it's genuinely just, it's just amazing food, especially in Thailand. The Thai food that you get here will often not be exactly tastes as amazing, but it really is just such good food. Um, that I love Korean food. Uh, obviously, I lived there for so long that I just, yeah, it just became such a common type of food for me that it's almost like comfort food sometimes, like Korean bibimbap. Um, I don't know if you've had that, but it's served in like a stone bowl. You probably have. That's like the most popular <laughs> Korean dish. <laughs> it really is like just so good. Like that is comfort food for me. And Korean barbecue, it's just like very much like a social thing to to do when going out for dinner. And it's such a staple in Korea. It's, it's like one of the main things to do when you want to meet up with friends and have a social gathering. So I really enjoy that as well. I love Japanese food. Sushi is the sushi we get here is not like Jap authentic. So, but I mean, I like it too. Sushi in Japan is pretty intense. Um, like it's a lot more fishy, and there's a lot there's like like variety. Um, it's not like all salmon nigiri, which is what it is here. Um, but I love like. <laughs> North American kind of sushi too. Um, Chinese food. I can't eat Chinese food here. It is just so disappointing. So disappointing. It is nothing like the amazing Chinese food I would have in China. Um, it's also like really regional. The food in Shandong province where I lived was just amazing. And I can't get that food anywhere in Toronto. So. How have you been keeping busy during the pandemic and having to stay indoors um mostly i've been hanging out with my dogs to be honest <laughs> they're just the best company uh yeah just going on walks with them like i'm so glad that i have dogs because it forces me to go on walks um and just like exploring different outdoor spaces in toronto um i moved recently like just before the pandemic started. So I've just been like setting up my place with my husband. Um, and yeah, to be honest, I've watched a lot of Netflix and like Amazon Prime. <laughs> There's so many good shows on, like just a lot of good content and finally having the time to like kind of binge it. Has been... What have you been watching? Oh my God, like so many things. Um, I think okay tiger king i know everyone's seen it it's just so weird and random and entertaining um i gotta say that was kind of a highlight uh and there's a really good show about Catherine the great on amazon prime right now it's called the great it's hilarious um 
yeah, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. I watch a lot of late night too on YouTube, which is hilarious, but also depressing at the same time. Oh, John Oliver, um, last week tonight was John Oliver on HBO. Love that show. <laughs> you mentioned earlier on that, uh, editing wasn't something that you were expecting to get into. Yeah. Um, for my undergrad, I studied uh, political science and history at U of T and my specialization was international relations. So the plan that I had after undergrad was to take a year off and travel and then go back to do a master's degree in international relations. Um, and then I wanted to be a diplomat, work for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And so the, the program that I started in Sweden was actually an international relations, the master's program. But while I was doing it, I was, I was working freelance as a writer and editor. And I just realized that I just really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the creative work. Um, and politics are stressful and it just takes over your whole life. And I just felt like in terms of work-life balance, I was like, I really enjoy a creative career. So I'm going to go into that. So you've done a whole bunch of writing. You've done, now you're into UX writing, but you had done, again, uh, editorial for the um, same company that hires Margaret Atwood, um, among others. Uh, is there something that sticks out in your mind as like the, the best thing you've ever edited? Or is that a ridiculous question? No, I don't think it's ridiculous. Um... I wouldn't say like one book, maybe in terms of like a whole magazine that I worked on. Um, there's an online magazine called BC Living. I really enjoyed editing, copy editing and writing for them. Um, so I get to write about travel and fashion and food. It's just subject matter. It was just really fun. It's pretty easy to edit. Um, and I prefer shorter content, like shorter instead of long form content. I found that's why I decided not to work in trade publishing, like for Penguin Random House as a career uh, editing like 400 page books, because it's just long form content is just not as you, you work on the same book for months. And I, I enjoy the variety of short term content. So. Yeah. <laughs> Having been to a lot of places and had hands on a lot of uh, travel content and stuff like that, do you ever read something and you're like, oh, that's so wrong? <laughs> um, I don't know about wrong, but I definitely read so much stuff on the internet that is just frustratingly low quality content. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's just not well researched. It's not informative. It's just a waste of time and or like clickbait. That's like my biggest pet peeve. Oh, and typos and things. Yeah, grammatical errors and articles. I'm a grammar nerd, and I know. Oh yeah, I mean I'm an editor, so like obviously I like debating different styles of using commas and um, things like that. So. Yeah, I notice every single error when I read and it can be quite a curse because it can distract from the subject matter. But yeah. I feel What's like your opinion 
on the Oxford comma. Oh, that's my favorite comma. I like the Oxford okay. serial comma. Yeah, I love it. Um, but AP style, which is like what's usually used for editorial and like marketing writing, they don't use the Oxford comma. So I've had to adjust. If you could replace a commonly used word with any other word, uh, what would it be? Oh, that's such an interesting question. Wow, I have, I have no idea. Maybe maybe using the word cool in 2020, I feel like there's so many other words that could better describe what you're talking about than cool. Oh, and not lit. Well, I don't know, maybe that makes me old, but I'm a millennial. I still, like, I never say lit. So I, it's ironic. Because I, I say that <laughs> cool, like I prefer other words, but then I definitely use it sometimes too. But, yeah. Yeah, I feel like the word cool has overstated its welcome. It's just, and you're right, it's, it's too, like when you say, oh, that's cool, or just cool, when you're talking about any old topic, it's just, I don't know, it seems almost like deflective, which is like, I don't really feel the need to give this any more words than, you know, I want to. Yeah, exactly. It just like doesn't really have a meaning other than temperature wise. <laughs> so it, it's just like it can mean so many things like enjoyable or good or great or nice, like someone's cool. It can mean so many different things that like, I just think the English language has so many specific adjectives to use that cool is kind of just like a throwaway. <laughs> it's kind of lazy, but I use it too. So it's, yeah, contradiction. <laughs> Let's talk about your dogs. Oh my gosh. I have one that's sleeping right next to me while I just woke him up. Do you wanna do you wanna meet him? Yes, of course. Okay. Hey Ralphie. Come here. He actually loves being on camera. Oh, he's adorable. I know, right? He's a little sleepy right now. Um, but I woke him up he woke up before I picked him up out of his bed. So yeah, this guy is, he's a mini dachshund, like a, a wiener dog, and he's going to be a year old on July 20th, oh. or, yeah, um, yeah, he's very sweet. And what's his name? Ralph. Ralph. That's adorable. Yeah, he's really sweet. I have another dog, but she's on the couch in another room. I'd have to go pick her up, but. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, she's also a mini dachshund, but she's uh, black and tan. She's going to be three years old in September. Also very sweet, but she's kind of a princess and drama queen and stubborn. Incredibly smart. Um, whereas this guy is just kind of, he's very lovable. He loves everyone and everything. He's just like a happy-go-lucky guy. He's usually wagging his tail in his sleep when he's dreaming. So, Aww. yeah. Do they get along with each other? Oh my God, they love each other. Um, but there is definitely like an adjustment period where Roxy, um, because she was obviously like two when we got Ralph, um, 
Yeah, she she kind of just like avoided him for like the first three weeks, and then they started cuddling together, and then they started wrestling and playing, and now like they're inseparable. Yeah, I know. Like my my family dogs, we had two poodles, like very small, like miniature poodles, and the adjustment period never really ended <laughs> with them. So they were always kind of uh, at odds with each other. Were they like both females or both males or one male, one female? Oh, really? And it still didn't. Hmm. And they still didn't get along too well because that's what I read that you want to get like opposite different genders that the power dynamic there works better. Um, also like sometimes it depends on the dog's personality. Were they both like trying to be the alpha or were they both kind of followers and no one took like a leadership role? They're kind of fitting in with the personality traits that you've outlined for your own dog. So one, um, the older one was definitely like the princess, the drama queen. Absolutely. Um, and then the younger one was super cuddly, but also like, I don't know what it is. It's like small dog syndrome where they're like, I'm a big dog. Right. But they're not. Um, so he had that going for him too. And, um, maybe that prevented him from forming a, a good relationship with the, uh, the princess dog, but hmm. I don't know what the dynamic would, would be or is or was. That's, oh, that's too bad. I just love it when dogs bond. Um, it might be a breed thing, too, because dog sons, like leaner dogs, are known for it. Like, they like to live in pairs, and they love other dog sons. But funny, they don't really like other breeds, so. <laughs> um, except, like, certain, like, Great Danes, Labs, and Golden Retrievers, for example, they love living with them. And I think it's just because dachshunds want to be dominant. They definitely think they're big dogs. They're stubborn. They want to be in control. Um, whereas, like, those, some of the big breeds, they're just like, oh, I don't care. Like, you can be the alpha. Um yeah, they're just like super easy going. Uh, yeah. But it's so nice to see them bond for sure. Um, if you could know the truth behind any one secret or mystery, what would that be? Ooh, did Carol Baskin kill her husband? What happened? To him? I think we all know. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm like, I want to give her the benefit of the doubt because um, it's just such a weird story. But but then, OK, maybe there's also that flight that I swear was like abducted by aliens. The Malaysian um, plane that like went off course and then it just like disappeared over the Indian Ocean because I, I have a theory that it was aliens. Like, I don't understand how they could have lost this plane. So... I would really love to know what happened. And speaking of binging Netflix series, have you watched any of the ancient aliens stuff? Is that on Netflix now? I think so. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I haven't. I've seen a few episodes. Um, my husband really likes that show. <laughs> yeah. And I do believe in aliens, to be honest. Like, there's just so many weird things. Um, but I'm not like, like hardcore into it. So an aliens truther. 
<laughs> yeah, like ancient <laughs> alien takes it to the next level. Like they are really some of the things they're saying are a stretch. There are logical explanations for some of the things they talk about. So there's also entertainment value there. Like it's just some episodes are funny. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Do you watch it? I watched it like years and years ago, probably when I was in high school. Um, and I was just, oh, it was unbelievable. But the thing is, you keep it's like addictive, right? And you keep watching it and watching it, and, like, and then you slowly become convinced that ancient aliens <laughs> like, are real. Right? <laughs> yeah, it does change the way you think about aliens. Um, there's also that show. Is it Finding Bigfoot? That show is yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. It has so many seasons. They never found anything. It's just hilarious. It's just such a funny show because they're always convinced they're finally going to catch him. And then it's like, how did that show have like 10 seasons or something? I don't really get that superstition. Are you more you- of a science fiction or fantasy person? I think fantasy. Like... When I think, like, I love Harry Potter, despite certain events that may have been off-putting recently from the author. Um, But, I mean, I just, Harry Potter is just amazing. Um, So, yeah, I definitely enjoy that. And I like, like, time travel stories. Um, So, yeah, I'd say fantasy, but I also like sci-fi, so it depends. If there's a an item or, you know, something from a fantasy world, maybe it's Harry Potter, maybe something else that you'd like to be real, what would it be? Maybe, oh, the invisibility cloak in Harry Potter. Forgot what it's actually called, but you know what I'm talking about. The one he gets from his, like, it used to be his father's. Yeah, I mean, that would be awesome. I know what mine would be, and it's also from Harry Potter. I think it's the second movie. When Okay, so when they go... Um, when Ron rescues Harry from his bedroom with the flying car oh, yeah. and they fly to the Weasley uh, borough mm-hmm. and it's like the most innocuous shot but it's of like the kitchen and the dishes are doing themselves that's what I want oh my god that's brilliant I mean we do have dishwashers but it's like there are some dishes ugh, like pots and pans and things that you have to wash yourself that's it's actually a really good one. I think, is there a show? I know there are some, like, fantasy movies. I don't think it's in Harry Potter um, where, like, you can... Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess it's more sci-fi, actually. Um, teleportation. That would be amazing. Not having to sit on a plane in economy for, like, 15 hours to get to Australia. Um, yeah. But... I. That's just not possible. Although invisibility cloaks are also impossible. <laughs> so never mind. But yeah. I've been silently Googling in the background what your shirt means. I can't find a reliable answer. Um, it's uh, it's actually from the Jersey Shore. Asbury Park is a town on the Jersey Shore, funny enough. And um, this these are all like local artists that did street art. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, it's so Asbury Park, it's like it's not like Jersey City or, you know, the the show Jersey Shore. Um, it's like really cool. It's like kind of hipster, but they have. Yeah, I love the, what they're doing with local artists and the street art there. And yeah, it's just like a really good vibe. 
lot of small businesses. So I recommend going there. What's the strangest or most bizarre thing you've seen in your travels? I went to this like design convention in Tokyo. So random, just like someone I met, uh, some people I met at a hostel in Tokyo were going to this convention. I was like, sure, I'll tag along. There were so many weird things there. Um, like people dressed up as bunnies and they were like, I have pictures of this. Like, it's just so weird. They were like posing for photos and, but like the people that were posing for these photos dressed up as bunnies, like they're, they had a cut, like you could see their face. Um, and they looked like businessmen, like going to a corporate job, but they were wearing this silly bunny costume and posing for silly pictures. And then there were like people wearing like sheep head masks. And that was before the whole horse head phenomenon. So yeah, just really creative and interesting and out there. It's pretty bizarre, but in like the best way possible. So yeah, lots of weird, interesting things in Japan for sure. What's your secret talent? secret talent um how I have to think about that man I don't know I can't like juggle or do magic or anything that's what comes to mind secret talent I'm like really good at skimming things like I can read really fast to get like the essence of something um I don't know maybe that's a good skill like when I to do a lot of reading and in undergrad and university I got like really good at skimming and getting the main information without reading like every single word I don't know that's a really boring talent but can't think of anything else right now I guess attention to detail also it's like a superpower being able to notice every little mistake this is why I went into editing because of that special talent. Yeah, I know that was so boring. What's your special talent? Special talent is kind of weird. Like pe- some people can like dislocate their shoulder, bend their fingers the wrong way or something, right? Like, I don't know. That's always like a weird like gross out thing that you see at parties or whatever. Yeah. As for special talent, I think I struggle with that question too. It's just, I don't know what mine is, right? Because to me, it's not special, right? That's the first thing. Yeah, that's true. I'm like really good at training my dogs. Like I'm really talented. <laughs> I don't know how, but dog like whisper. in a weird way, like I teach my dog, especially the older one. She's so smart that I've taught her like so many things. Like she can identify her dog her toys by different names. And so I'll tell her like, uh, where's your ball? Go get your ball. And she'll get the ball or like, where's the Frisbee? Go get the Frisbee. Like, I don't know. I Okay, that's a weird, that's like a boring talent too. Trying to think of something funny. She like knows so many people by different names and the names that I pick are like hilarious, but most of them are in Polish, so that won't translate. But yeah, she's really funny. Uh, But since the COVID situation has us all living in the present um, or living rather we can't really live in the present, right? Because like we're kind of removed from what our lives were 
um, before the pandemic hit us. So we're forced to kind of think about what we'll be doing later on, right? Like living in the future, living in uh, the after times or the before times, right? Um, given your interest in time travel and fantasy, if you had a time machine and you could only go one direction, would you go forward or back? Huh. I think I'd go forward. And then when I get there, I would really hope that the earth wasn't completely destroyed <laughs> by humans. Actually, wait, no, maybe I would go back. Well, like what year? And it depends where. I guess maybe like Canada in the not early 90s. Just because I'm thinking like I would want to travel and go to like all these coral reefs that are destroyed now. And, like, go to Tibet before, like, it was touristy. And, yeah, and, like, Thailand before it was ruined by tourists. But I guess travel isn't the only, like, the, a very good... Re- Although the, the economy was pretty good in the 90s in Canada. So it probably would have been easier to get a job and stuff. So, um, although I can't complain, I've been pretty lucky. Uh, yeah. Also, really great music. Yeah, 90s, early 90s, for sure. Okay, what's your favorite 90s artist, 90s band? Uh, probably Radiohead. I love the Pixies, too, but I, they started in the 80s, so I don't know if that counts. Yeah. They were definitely huge in the 90s, though. They are part of that whole punk scene, right? Yeah, it was Pearl Jam, and I mean, Nirvana is just like such an obvious choice, but yeah, I just love that whole grunge scene. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking about technology. You know what? Technology didn't rule our lives then. Like, we had TV, but then we weren't constantly on our phones. Um, so, yeah, I think that would have been, although I would miss streaming shows, I like watching. TV shows with commercials, like, oh, my God. Torture. I don't know how we did it before. Yeah. And not having internet. But, you know what, once again, I think because I just, like, technology overload, especially during the pandemic and just being at home, and that was, like, the one escape. Yeah, I kind of think going back to a slower life would be nice. What about you? When would you go back forward or back in time? So... I think before this happened, I would have said I want to go forward because I believed that, you know, things would get better, right? Like like human progress would carry us to a point where we'd be like Star Trek or whatever and everything would be fine. We'd solve all of our earthly ills and, and go to the stars basically, right? Whenever you see images of of like historical places, like old photographs or, you know, illustrations, whatever they happen to be. Um, you get a sense of how people dressed back then, how people looked back then, maybe how the culture was. But what I'm deathly afraid of is um, how those places smelled and like all the the ugly bits of, of those time periods, right? So if we go back to somewhere like the early 1900s, the late 1800s, um, you know, hygiene, not so not so usual in those times. So that's something that I would want to avoid, perhaps coming from somebody who has, you know, modern sensibilities of, of hygiene and stuff like that. But in terms of a a time period that I would want to 
vacation in or going in habit. I'd be very interested to see post-war America, like like in in the heyday. So like before the Kennedy assassination, after the uh, the end of the Second World War. So like nineteen forty-eight to nineteen sixty. Mm-hmm. Just to see, and I know there's a lot of problems there in terms of. I mean, we just experienced um, protests that were talking about problems that didn't end there that have been prevalent throughout. Um, so I, I don't know. I want to see that, right? Because I have a feeling that, you know, it's like how different is it from now, right? That's something I'd like to understand. It's interesting to hear this perspective. Like, I don't want to make this political, but I think this question is very political in the sense that this would vary depending on who you are. Like, you're a white male. That's a very different perspective than, like, that is the one thing that I think we are. That's the one area where we are progressing as a society in a positive way, especially in, like, the West and North America. Um, As a woman, I would never want to go back to a time period like before the 90s um even like the 80s maybe like the 70s would be like the absolute earliest but like for example as a minority I don't think anyone would want to go back yeah like even to the 90s um yeah I mean I I think like nowadays there's a lot more empathy and understanding and and less discrimination i mean obviously despite and i mean we still have these problems even though they've gotten a lot better like now we have we don't have to have the civil rights movement but then now we have black lives matter because those problems still weren't fixed in so many decades so i do think that i'm i'm hopeful that after these protests, things will get better. Like the the judicial system will be reformed. I I do think it'll be a slow process. Um, But in in terms of that, I do think the future, I'm optimistic that the future will be better in terms of that. And I mean, like even in 20 years, we know more about climate change now, um, for example. So maybe the climate won't, we won't destroy the planet. you know, maybe it'll start improving. Like I, yeah, I mean, I'm optimistic. I'm trying to be optimistic about that. So. I think yeah. we have to be optimistic about the future, right? Yeah, for sure. And this, the new generation, like it's always the next generation that the younger people are gonna make, keep making more and more progress in those areas when it comes to like, politics and social norms and the environment. So, so much depends on them and how we nurture their upbringing now and educate them. And yeah, actually I'm optimistic, but I still don't think I'd want to live in, like I would time travel to like 20 years for now, only because it's so the unknown, the factor, the unknown factor, it might be worse than now. So I know that the 90s in a lot of ways were better than now. So it just seems like a safe bet. If there's anything that you want the uh, the Digital Hub team to know about you, what would that be? Um, I'm just like really social and approachable. And like, I so I would hope that like if anytime, like I'm available anytime if you want to reach out. 
um, message me on Slack or like when we're finally back in the office, just like stop by to say hi. Um, yeah, just like, don't be shy. Um, and I'm just like super excited to be part of the team. And like, I genuinely love being part of a team getting to know everyone and just being like really genuine and, and friendly. Like I'm, I'm an open book. This show is executive produced by yours truly with support from the work from home committee. I want to give a big thanks to Ella for coming on this week. Starting a new job can be difficult, and the COVID paradigm certainly isn't helping that. I hope that this introduction has helped us to get to know her. But remember, don't be a stranger. I really hope you edit a lot of this. <laughs> you, you shorten it, right? I do. <laughs> Okay, obviously this part's going to be cut out. I hope you got like some good stuff.